I'm your host, Josh Allen, and this is The Still Rolling Show. I'm really excited about this episode because it marks the first chapter in what is one of my main goals for this show and this podcast. I've not been deliberately elusive with this. It's definitely not been a secret. But the reality is this. I had a hard time coming into this industry because I just didn't know what I didn't know. It's quite a cliche term. It feels like it's coined by a lot of people. But the reality is that, you know, with regards of what department you want to get involved in, there are different paths and you can definitely make it easier for yourself. So, you know, this show is as much about discovering the stories of people that are involved in some way or another with pointing cameras at things. But, you know, if you're just interested in the people behind the scenes, then by all means, sit back and relax. But this is as much about showing that there are infinite ways to get involved with filmmaking, whether professionally or just to pursue it personally. I think that's really important to mention. Just because you love filmmaking doesn't mean you have to make a job out of it. If you do, though, I'm going to do my best to highlight some opportunities that exist to get you started on that journey. And this brings me nicely on to my guest this week. So this week we're talking about the Mark Milson Foundation. Uh, the foundation was set up to honour the memory of Mark. He was tragically killed on set in 2017. The premise from the foundation's perspective is to deliver opportunities that pe- to people in the way that Mark would have wanted Um, I got the opportunity to talk to his wife, who is obviously heavily involved in the foundation. And from what I understand, he was a a firm believer in practical training, but more importantly, that he was there to help you in a way that encouraged and promoted the love for the craft. And from what I hear, he was a joy to be around. The global support for the foundation is evidence of this. You know, the T-shirt campaign they run is just incredible. Some of the faces involved, got Robert De Niro and like just anyone, everyone in the industry is, is really great to see. But, um, you know, this week we've got Daisy Allen, who was one of the first uh, year intake for the Foot in the Door scheme. Again, one of two initiatives that had been developed by the Mark Wilson Foundation. So this is a one-year program designed to get camera trainees on set and get experience in loader positions, assistant camera positions. Daisy's even had some experience operating as well. She's been super lucky, but she's also made the most of it. So she's been learning from some of the best in the field, and it's a real testament to how well this program is doing in only its first year, but I'll leave it to Daisy to, uh, to elaborate on that sort of stuff. But here we are. This week, we're actually focusing on opportunities within the industry, and we're incredibly lucky to be joined today by Daisy Allen, no relation to me, and <laughs> she's actually a part of the Mark Milson Foundation. So, Daisy, you're on the, which, which is the mentorship program you're on? Foot it's in the a, door. Yeah, it's foot in the door program. Yeah, yeah. Foot in the door program. So mm-hmm. Daisy's on the foot in the door program with the mentorship scheme, which basically puts you on a camera trainee course. And from what I understand, in my limited knowledge, is that it's designed to basically help individuals getting started, getting started out in, in the industry, to learn and educate themselves and gain opportunities that otherwise wouldn't have been available. Is that about right, Daisy? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, at the beginning, sign it because it with it being the first year of of the scheme, um, it wasn't clear to me entirely or the foundation in general as you know the exact process of how it would happen, what would happen, etc. But it just fell really into place for me. I just absolutely loved it, and um, through the judging process, I ended up doing a few test days with one of the focus pullers that was in the interview as the judges and um and then I went on to my first job with him so that I mean, was kind of like my we're getting, like we're already getting away <laughs> sorry what I'm understanding is like this this is this is a new thing you know this is you you're mm. part of oh yeah year. you're part of the first intake right yeah 
So how did yeah, you even hear year. about the foundation? So it was, I was in my second year at Falmouth University um, and they did a uh, the foundation a year. So it was the year anniversary of, of Mark's death. Of course, um, important point they, that we might mention here, where, where the foundation actually came from, right? Mark Milson yeah, was yeah. tragically killed on set. Um, and then this is like an amazing foundation set up by his wife, I'm correct in saying? Yeah, uh, his, his wife and, and his friends and colleagues and, and you know, and a lot of big organisations as well have, have come come as one to, to create it, yeah. And create this wonderful opportunity. So how did you actually hear about it? <laughs> you were in second so, year university. Yeah, second year of university, and it was uh, they created Black Tea Week, uh, which was November 2018. Right. Um, and basically, they shipped out T-shirts to uh, big productions, to universities, to you know many different places, and kind of just had this amazing week of of not quite advertising, but you know making people aware of what had happened to Mark, of, of the situation, of the foundation as a, a new creation. And um, yeah, so it was it was then really, I got given a t-shirt and we got like a group photo, university photo. And then and then I just happened to look through the Instagram, through the website and, yeah. and came to realise kind of the severity and the, the size of the organisation. Um, and that's when it kind of, you know, when I realised it was there. Yeah, I saw the uh, the campaign on the Instagram stuff there, and I've got like, mm. yeah, of course, countless people from across the industry showing their support for it. And that's the other side of things is also to show, you know, spread the awareness for those issues within that part of the industry, and to sort of like, you know, build awareness around the different things and different practices that obviously led to those situations happening. But you know, yeah. great to sort of see yeah. that it's such a well put together foundation from the outset. It was really well thought out. I know a lot yeah. of these organisations have a lot of intention and ambition. But it's really amazing mm-hmm. to see that, like we see from your perspective, you managed to find yourself on this situation so far. So how about yeah. the application process? How did that even go? So it was basically a case of um, all the graduating year, my kind of cohort um, on film and television. So I actually did BA television at Falmouth, not film. Um, it was a bit more of a practical course than the film course. So it, I, went, I went with that direction. Um, and it was a case of one boy and one girl would get put forward by the head of film and TV um, to go into the selection process, basically. Um, but all of us within within my year would write a statement of why we thought we were eligible, why we thought we were worthy, and also, you know... That must have been fun, respect. trying to write in your own words. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would love to do this, but... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's that balance of, you know, wanting to seem as... as you know, enthusiastic as possible, but also modest, but also, you know, insecure, but not. And it is, it was a, it's a, it's a tricky one, but everyone has to do that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah. And then me and uh, one of the boys from my course were put forward into the selection process and they didn't hear for a good couple of weeks maybe about a month um and then I heard back from um the secretary of the foundation um who's been amazing ever since um but she let me know that I'd been selected into the interview process and um backstage phases for it yeah 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 so it it was kind of like you know little little steps really um but whilst that was all going on I'd handed in my dissertation 
like you know was at the graduating kind of process just hadn't had graduation um and I was currently on a little micro budget a micro budget feature film called Long Way Back which um to a director dp and producer that was sometimes involved in the university in and out um wanted to get students to work on on the film yeah. um, and it was all Cornwall based and everything and i thought that'd be you know great to just get some hands-on set experience to you know have some fun through the summer and and see where i go from there so i um i applied to focus pull that feature um and, and and was in the process of I think we were about two weeks three weeks into shooting and I got a call saying that I had an interview at Panavision in London no way. and that they wanted me to to drive to Panavision and and have my interview and then also I was I then had to fly back and carry on on the uh on the so film. You were back <laughs> between the two jobs yeah yeah, well, yeah, the, the, it was like darting between the future of our future and then like a really lovely job that, you know, the kind of the biggest role that I've ever had on on a, on a job really at that point. That's so, really cool though. So you found those opportunities were actually happening for you out on the outset of university as well? Yeah, yeah. On, on like, you know, on a, on a Cornish scale, it was a really, really great, great experience. It wasn't anything you know, London-based or anything, but no, it was it was really, really great opportunity. Yeah, I guess from my perspective, that's a big part of this whole conversation is not just obviously highlighting the opportunities that you've had, but kind of looking at the industry as a whole, you know, from my perspective, it was a very unconventional introduction to the, in, uh, you know, into the industry. And certainly from the perspective of a lot of people that I work with and know, I've all had kind of very unconventional ways of getting involved with the industry and kind of finding their feet or certainly mm. getting promoted through the industry and you know I find all the time that there's like these interesting and amazing stories but a lot of the time there's sort of these you find yourself certainly me personally I found myself with like huge gaps in knowledge where I was like oh what's that thing you know you even mentioned things yeah, like yeah. oh you want to be a focus puller on this like yeah. first feature I'm like I wouldn't I didn't even know what a focus puller was when I first started out <laughs> I didn't even know that that was a job so like yeah. on these sort of trainee schemes it's really interesting to me to see that not only is this opportunity available to you, but to sort of see the promotion process, to sort of see at what point you do different things. I mean, we got a bit into the application mm. process. So at what point did you find out that you were in? Um, so it was at, it was literally the next day I got I got a phone call. Um, so I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd stayed the night, the night before my interview in London. So I drove down stayed the night had my interview and then drove back to Cornwall um I am missing out a key detail here that my mum was incredible and offered to drive me because well, I've been doing you can't miss out I, I can't no she she was she was amazing and um yeah because I think I think I'd have struggled and in in terms of the foundation in general before I was even a part of it you know health yeah. and safety is a very very important aspect of the industry and if you know I was doing a full day shooting driving to London interviewing driving back shooting you know that it's not it's not safe it takes really. its toll yeah um, it takes its toll right yeah yeah it, it's um yeah it's not not easy so she was amazing um and then I was on set in the middle of like you know about to start a shot 
and um, got a phone call. And obviously, the the DP and the the director were like, "No, go take it, take it." Because no way, kind of, I love that they stopped everything. Uh, yeah, yeah. Focus Puller's got a really important call. Uh, it's all right. We'll wait. Yeah, yeah. No, they they were so they were amazing and supportive, and they were like, "No, That's go. Incredible. You know, you've got you've got to do the interview." Will and my my second AC who. I've been like great friends with my whole yeah. the whole of my course. He stepped up to pool whilst I was gone, and it, it just worked really well. And and they were really really great about it. Which is wonderful to hear. Yeah, well, you know, particularly like Falmouth University was amazing in terms of all of that. Really, um, it really that's another, like, yeah, that's another key part. Me the different universities because, like, you know, from mm. my own experience, I was these opportunities definitely, I wasn't made aware of them within my educational system. That's, you know, mm. I can't fault my education system for that, sit, that, you know, that situation because the reality is, you know, I think if my attitude had been different, I probably would have had my way to try and find things. And it was only a point yeah. where they were like, oh, I think at the time Bournemouth was a big deal within the sort of mm. university framework in terms of being uh, application within film and television and things. So it's like, if you wanted to do that, kind of go there and do that. But I didn't understand why. I didn't know mm. that, you know, if you were in this environment, you were going to meet people that were like-minded and ultimately find yourself in situations that you wouldn't have otherwise. But I mean, did yeah. Falmouth, yeah. was Falmouth on the radar for you in that regard? Was it like a very conscious decision? Obviously you're local, but, you know, was it a conscious decision that the film and TV program there was like superior to other, other universities or was it just like, oh, this is my local university and this is what I want to do? Well, it, it isn't actually because I'm from Manchester. Oh, uh, sorry. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I should have coined the, I should have picked up the accent immediately, shouldn't I? I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit northern, I think. I've had a lot of comments on, on that. Like, um, from a Cornwall perspective, I'm like, yeah, you're a local, right? Yeah, yeah I'm really Cornish. Um, but yeah, no, to be honest, like my mum had gone to Falmouth and it had gone right. onto my radar from, I did an art foundation at Manchester uh, University okay. and uh, did, did a little tiny little experimental short film during that and then I was like hold on like I, you know at that point I was really loving editing and I was like yeah. you know in general I just know that I want to pursue something in the industry somehow um and and so the course really gave me the opportunity to just test the water in every department yeah. you know writing um directing producing DPing and it wasn't really until third year like I say that um lighting and camera work came into my kind of um what I wanted to do really that's interesting um, I mean yeah. within that lighting and camera workshop did they emphasize like the different roles obviously we're going to get into this as we start talking about the foundation and your experience with it but did they you know yeah. they talk about AC and always you know the different departments yeah, yeah. within the AC obviously the camera operator as an individual rather than necessarily as a director of photography and all these things did they break mm. that down in university yeah they did actually it was it was fantastic and the, the great thing about the people that were there, especially the technicians, the lecturers, yeah. they were all still working in the industry in some way. Um, so Brilliant. they were the, like the head of documentary um, directing who I still, you know, see regularly and he's a fantastic, great guy. He was in the process still, I think, or had just finished shooting like a big documentary feature. Um, my, uh, head of television that came in when I was in second year called Faye she um had done she was actually a cinematographer um and had worked as an underwater focus puller uh, oh, wow. focus puller in general so you know they were they're all very 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 
you know talented and and highly technical people already so i think i think really in their heads it would be stupid not to inform us of the exact roles and prepare us as well as possible as you know, they that's, can that's important the and yeah that's the important and prevalent part of this education mm. process isn't it and you know yeah. again not to condemn my own educational platform but certainly from this perspective what i'm understanding is that you know i didn't go this route but i'm it's great to hear that in these different environments as they should be mm. you know these people are coming from an experienced background they're not simply uh teachers that have gone like right cool i understand the theory of these mm. things and now we're trying yeah. to teach it in a way you know again yeah not to yeah. know you know <laughs> look at too glimly upon you know uh my previous experience within education but certainly when it was mm. like all right we're gonna look at lighting it was like right here's four redheads and just turn them all on at once and it was like mm. that's not going to inspire anyone <laughs> to look no, at a scene no. with any kind of imagination it's no. like uh but only you know later on in my career when i was like oh actually learning how to shape light and pay attention mm. and work out what these things can do if used correctly when i was like yeah wow, hold on a minute no it, it was it was it was great because yeah like like you know we had like lighting workshops not as many as I wish we had had because Faye only came on board like I said kind of midway through my second year yeah. um and and she was fantastic at organizing cinematography workshops and 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 you know just things in general I I would ask her what books I should be reading you know uh research I should be doing and things like that and it was just just really lucky and I don't I, I don't think from what I've heard of quite a few courses and and people that I know that have done film courses, it's not every university that's like that. Yeah, certainly. Um, that's that's the thing. That's I think fun. it's quite yeah, I think it's, it's quite advert. unique. It's a good yeah. advert for Falmouth as well, right? I know. <laughs> Selling it. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing, is like I think as as much an as important part of this conversation as anything is Oh definitely, you know, yeah. You know, helping bring insight into where the right places to go for these different things are. And you know, mm. what a great you know, opportunity to have that conversation and, and sort of highlight that specifically if Falmouth are doing a great job. Yeah, yeah, really, really great. But <laughs> do you, you know, from your perspective, is there as, as educational resources and stuff, do you use online education in terms of resources like that? Or was it very much like focus on the university course and kind of just follow the conventional structure? I only mention it because obviously, you know, we're in we're in a podcast world right now. You know, we're on mm, this show. Yeah. It's interesting to me to sort of see how resources like this, you know, we're talking conversationally and a big part of this mm. is to bring stories to other people so they can hear how different people have, you know, like I said, gone through the different ways and means to get to where they are in the industry. But it just becomes mm. interesting to me to sort of see how other people utilize resources. You know, I've recently found out that yeah. Roger Horrocks, who works as an underwater cinematographer on BBC's Blue Planet, uses nofilmschool.com mm. yeah. and still utilizes yeah. those resources. And I was like, what? Yeah, yeah like, no, no, def definitely. I think maybe not, I wasn't as aware when I was at university, but third year, third year specifically, really, I would, yeah, I'd use, I'd use YouTube, I'd on, you know, kind of my two little third year films that I did yeah. um graduate films you know if I was focusing on a particular cinematographer you know particular style particular color palette I would always try and find the DP on an uh, interview or yeah. uh, an article that he's taken part in interview or he or she I did a I did a lot of um kind of research into the handmaid's tale and and read right yeah, yeah, and Colin amazing. Watkinson, and like she's my idol, and he's incredible. And I actually um, got in touch with both of them. I don't know what I was thinking, but <laughs> like midnight one night when I was in the middle of my dissertation, which was on incredible. the highway, 
in cinematography. And um, Colin Watkinson came back to me at like You're 3 a.m. Just like so lovely, such like really, really lovely guy. And obviously, he's in America and is based in America, so there wasn't anything he could literally do for me. But he was just, you know, he had the time in the world to just discuss and, and be appreciative of the fact that I'd noticed and adored. That is his work. honestly yeah. incredible to hear. I'm mm. again, so much an important part of this conversation is not only what you're doing, but how you're doing it, and like just mm. having you know. All right, I'm going to have the nouse to just go. I'm going to email that person because why not? You know, just send it out there and crack on. But look at what you achieved. You know, if mm. anything, you know, regardless of what was said, it, sh- it shows you that it's accessible. You know, these mm. people yeah. are not behind some you know brick wall that you're never going to be able to get over. No, no, they're, they're real people, and that's 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 the thing that I love about the industry as a whole. Really, is you you come to realise that. You know, no matter what what rank or form of hierarchy, you know, the the lovely people that I've been lucky enough to work with are just all so down to earth and fantastic. And another another person that I um that I was really lucky enough to be in touch with throughout my third year uh, film, I did a stop motion and a live action. And um, my cousin directed the stop motion and I, I dp'd it so it was really lovely like little Brilliant. collaboration make <laughs> collaboration we did um like but yeah, yeah. um but the no it was it was it was really great we'd like stay up till 11 a.m going insane together um but the head of animation you know although i wasn't on his course or you know I hadn't really met him until the last kind of six months of of my course um put me in touch with tristan oliver who did fantastic Mr. Fox, oh, uh, dogs, you know, Wes Anderson's go to Anderson, stop yeah, motion yeah. DP. And so, you know, he would, he would look at, look at the work I'd send him screenshots, <laughs> I'd send him what? little clips and, and he, he'd come back and give me like incredible, incredible, you know, advice and things. And um, yeah, so it's it, it like, yeah. It's been honestly, it's fantastic. incredible to hear that you've had these different people come back to you and have <laughs> it's like the best situation you could possibly have hoped for. I know, that's great. On to the foundation, of course, you've had yeah, incredible experiences as a result of getting selected for this process already. I mean, the sets you've managed to be on inside a year with like obviously, you've been most come on, let's let's reel them off. You've got Tom and Jerry. Bond, No Time to Die, Cash Track, Guy Ritchie, uh, Eternals, mm. you know, come yeah. read them off. What else have you got? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that you've covered them all. And then I did additional photography dailies on um, The Kingsman. Just yeah. incredible. What, you know, yeah. within a year. That's insane. I mean, yeah. let's go through um, it. So what, what was your first experience and what were you doing? You know, how does it, how does it, how does it worked out for you? So, yeah, so I'd obviously, like I said, I'd been on small productions as, say, a trainee or a loader or a spokes puller, but like the, you know, the industry as a whole, I, I had no idea what to expect. Right. Um, so, so really it was, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a shock, but the, the crew that I was lucky enough to be put with for the first time for my first, you know, proper big job um, were just so, supportive incredibly you know um helpful in like every way and um understanding you know it was it was a case of 
you know, I was allowed to make mistakes, not not obviously not severe for. ones. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm yeah. a, I'm the trainee that you know well, you're the you're there to learn and to. This is a traditional work. This is an apprentice yeah. that's been you know been tried and tested in a traditional mm. you know environment within this industry for you know generations already. So yeah, that's yeah. The thing, is like these guys are designed to sort of bring you guys on and help and help out and make sure you feel at home and and mm. in, right? exactly. What was actually what exactly. was the first film you were on? Pardon. What was the first film you were on? Uh, that was Tom and Jerry. Right. So yeah, when I, when I, when I got it, yeah. So it's a live action two D um, combination. Cool. So I was like, whoa, what's going on? And um, yeah, so that was that was the call I got when I was in the middle of the other the other job right. was to say that uh, Dermot Hickey, who was the focus puller in the interview, he um, he wondered if I wanted to do a couple of test shoots with. Uh, I think we were testing the cameras and the lenses specifically. Right with him, the DP, and um, a lovely female loader called Jen, who, um, yeah, so I just went to London for about a weekend and and did it with her. It was basically a trial run for me. So I was like, you know, I thought there were people in the running for, you know, being the trainee as well. So I wasn't I wasn't at all, it wasn't set in stone that I was going to get it. Okay, um, at this point in time, you then, didn't even know if you were confirmed as the trainee on the yeah. program. Yeah. So it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was more of a, um, I'd got, so basically the foundation itself is there to mentor and support you through your, your, you know, graduating year into the industry. Um, but you know, it, it, like I said, it's, it's, it was the first year. So they actually weren't planning to kind of get me on a, on a big job like that to, to, you know, in, in, at the very start of it, it was right. a bit of a shock, really, that that happened to fall into place so so well. Um, I think it was a case maybe more of getting me on the odd daily, helping me gain contacts. Right. But it was, you know, the fact that Dermot was in the interview and he said, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to um, have a few test shoots and see how it goes, and then if you know if I like her, we'll take her on. And um, so yeah, Dermot was part of the did. interview process that you were actually, so it was the interview process that you were actually, you know, part of the foundation application process. He was in the room. Yeah. Was yeah. So, so it was like a panel of, panel of, I think about seven or eight judges and Andra, Mark's wife was also there. Um, Kirk Jones, the, the chairman of the foundation and a number of other people. And Dermot was one of the focus pullers. Um, it shows the level yeah. that we're talking about here. And again, the, the level of organisation within the foundation to make sure that it had the right foundations, you know, other foundations mm, to yeah. make sure that it could actually develop and deliver what it's supposed to. You know, having mm. these people, like, yeah, Dermot to be able to bring you onto that, you know, that camera mm. tech. What yeah. an incredible opportunity, <laughs> like straight yeah. away. I know. I know. I know. Where did that lead? So, so that, that, literally led to to being on on the whole job um that was about three three to four months at warner brothers leaveston um so i had to move immediately from cornwall to watford (laughs) um (laughs) and and uh my mum and dad little moving van and um yeah and went from there really but the the job was like i say incredible we luckily had a couple of weeks of prep so we were in Panavision for yeah for about two weeks. Um, so I got to meet I got to meet all the loaders. I got to meet the focus pullers because we had A and B camera. Um, and then I got to meet the operators and the DP, who have all just been the loveliest people in the world. <laughs> what did that role yeah. look like for you right away? Um, I think 
oh, it was nerve wracking, really was, but they just were so welcoming that I felt immediately comfortable, really. Um, your responsibilities, what was the job? So, so oh, it's, it's a funny one as a trainee because there's a lot of um, ideas based on, you know, getting coffees, getting lunches, getting, make, making, yeah, exactly, making sure everyone's happy, well-fed, watered, because really I'm there in the respect that the operator, the focus puller and the loader are unable to leave set you know for the majority of the time so I am there to do everything that they can't do so say if we're in the stage and they need something that isn't on set you know I go get it um but as as kind of the job went on I realized that my my role was developing and I needed to be one step ahead of the A and the B loader in terms of what they needed what they wanted um the focus puller as well but you know I was kind of there to make sure that the the loaders lenses were nearby that their bags were nearby that they needed something from like say on the stage that wasn't in the bag um and almost trying to like read what they needed before they asked me and that was kind of i hope at the end of the job that's the point i was getting to um and again it's it's you know it's experience and it's working with the same crew and the same people and understanding how they work because but that's what it is right you get to know people. all these different positions and yeah. all the different people yeah. within that department and they get to know you and obviously mm. <laughs> they get to know you in a <laughs> way because you're helping them out right <laughs> mm. yeah hopefully yeah and not not making too many mistakes but um but yeah, yeah. obviously you did a so, good job because they invited you back right yeah, I don't think anyone else was available, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> no, it was, um, had had a tiny break at the end of Tom and Jerry. Yeah. And um, the central loader that I'd been with on Tom and Jerry had been given the opportunity to kind of step off at the very end of the job and go on to the Eternals uh, Marvel Marvel film as the A-camera second unit loader. Um and he was really really ace and has been ever since as well but he got me in when Tom and Jerry ended to do about a week and a half two weeks dailies with him um they had a a main trainee Lauren who was lovely and it was it was a a pretty full-on job compared to what I'd experienced on Tom and Jerry with it being second unit obviously it was stunts and VFX and and um a lot more fast-paced really um so she and he and all you know all the all the other guys that were that were working on that job were amazing at kind of you know getting me to grips with things as as quick as possible so that I could you know be on it um so yeah yeah it must have been incredible to see a different type of workflow though I mean you mentioned the yeah and things mm, on your yeah. second job you're able to see what it looks like on essentially Hollywood scale <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, well, it was with with Tom and Jerry. Really, obviously, there was a lot of VFX, but it was a really lovely big studio job. There were like you know there were the odd odd kind of stressful moment and things, but um, as a whole, it was it was a really really lovely first introduction to the industry. But with uh, with with the Marvel film, it was a lot more um, yeah, like I say, a lot more fast paced. And with it being second unit, it was getting things done, and um, it was it was great to kind of see you know see the other aspect of it and see that it's all you know it's not all easy and and not that it was all easy but you know you know what I mean I do know um, what I mean you know it's, just, it's yeah. interesting to see how much honestly how much experience I can observe that you've already had because you're already <laughs> talking about these things as if they're like 
you know them and that's mm. like that's your life now, <laughs> which is amazing because it's, it's really I hope, I hope how much it of it's kind of like already become like second nature but like you're mm. already referring to things from a different kind of perspective I can already hear it and obviously the yeah. experience that you're in you know you've just come out of university you've been into this foundation but this stuff is like right you're getting to know workflow how mm. the departments work with each other, the different roles within the departments, and ultimately mm. how they all rely on each other, and also how that, yeah. you know, how a shoot day actually works, and how these people mm. coordinate with one another. So it's really yeah. like that's the thing. I'm. It's really great to hear that you've had these experiences because of all these mm. different reasons. But you know, talk me through it. Or, you know, you were talking about the trainee position at this point in time, but loader. Yeah. What does that person do, and then where do they go from there? So yeah, well, well, it was funnily enough actually on on Tom and Jerry at the very beginning of the job, Elliot Purvis, who was the A camera loader, Dermot's kind of go to loader for for quite a couple of years, and yeah. um, he was just so lovely and and was teaching me like every step of everything, and um, along along with Jen, and they were just kind of like you know to and fro, and <laughs> who's in charge of me today? <laughs> who's teaching me what today? That's and brilliant. um they were yeah just just really 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 great and basically at the very beginning of the job Elliot handed me the clapperboard um in quite a small kind of intimate room um quite a small setup it was just one camera and um he was like go on you know do the board and like I'd only ever I'd only ever done it on on a on a little a little you know micro budget or on a on a um you know student film and then there's like, you know, all these big actors there, the DP, the operator, the directors in the room. And Elliot's like, yeah, go on, go on, have a go. And I'm like, <sighs> and I, I, did get, <laughs> I did get very sweaty palms, very sweaty. And I was worried I might actually drop. Why is the, all uh, this smeared? <laughs> the clapperboard at this point. I was like, no, I'm, I'm the trainee. No, <laughs> I don't, don't want to be doing that yet. Um, but no, he, he encouraged me to do it. And by the end of the job, it was it was like it was almost second nature like I made the odd mistake you know like you do um but I I just didn't think about it I didn't worry about it it was like yeah because he you know that's the point and and then you can you know you can fix it yeah just don't make that mistake again that's the you know that's what I was taught really on the job was making many mistakes just as long as it's not the same one that's it um I I don't know if someone told you this but just be honest about those mistakes just be like yeah oh yeah I'm doing I need help right now (laughs) Yeah. yeah um but at the end of the job the b camera focus puller Dan who was always lovely as well and he was expecting a baby um so he obviously was you know off and I think I think it was uh, you know a bit earlier than planned and everything so Elliot stepped up to focus pull b camera um and then Dermot said you know Daisy do you want to load a camera for me for a period of time that 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 Dan's away and that Elliot's focus pulling and at first I was like, oh my God, because <laughs> I'd done, like I said, you know, the odd, the odd board, like when Elliot or Jen had gone to the toilet, I'd covered them for 10 minutes max. And then, you know, this, this prospect of, of, of loading, loading a camera for, you know, a week or more was uh, pretty terrifying, <laughs> but, it, but it was, it was, it was fantastic. And I loved every second of it. Yeah. But but I, what what I loved about loading, I think, was um, knowing 
or, or just, you know, from having daily trainees that would come in and, and would be training for me, which is a very weird feeling. Mm. <laughs> and also like receiving a coffee off a trainee. I'm like, yeah, I'd be like, oh, no, no, no. It's like, I'll get my lunch. Don't worry. Um, so that was that was bizarre. But it was coming to terms really with what the loader needed um, and what I when I was loading for them, it was what, you know, what I needed to be by my side, what I needed to be prepared, um, you know, what, what I was always looking for, what I was um, making sure was done already or needed to be done. And, and then as a trainee, I hope that that has made me a bit more kind of aware of what loaders want um, and what they need. So, so that's, you know, after lockdown, I'm worried I haven't forgotten everything, but, um, but yeah. It's, I'm sure it's, it's fully in there and <laughs> the muscle memory will take as soon as you get back on set. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you go from there then in terms of like, I'm asking this question because I'm interested in terms of the ambition, like at the beginning of the whole process, I mean, first and foremost, wonderful to hear that you've gotten that opportunity so quickly. Like you've gone from like training mm. and then they've actually gone, right, let's put you onto loading. And then suddenly someone's not available. It's like, well, actually, let's give you that opportunity. You know, mm. it's yours to do what you want with it. How does it go? You know, I'm just trying to build a bigger picture here in terms of like, what does that department look like? From your perspective, in terms of your original ambition, is the ambition to go all the way in terms of being a director of photography? Or is it within the, you know, is the ambition within the camera department? So, so... At university, I'd say, yeah, when, when I was, you know, when I was in my third year, I just, I loved the very brief amount of lighting and, and operating that I got to do. Yeah. Um, and still now I'd say that would be my my one day dream to, to DP. Um, but I want to traditionally work my way up the ladder and I want to, you know, I want to load, focus, pull, um, operate. And and what, I, what I've noticed is that, there's so many people that fall in love with, you know, one of the roles on the way up to DP and um, particularly focus pulling and operating. It's, you know, you see that someone's just so incredibly talented at it that, that they don't need to, or don't particularly want to make that next step. Um, so I'm, I'm just kind of open to see where it goes really, but I want to try my best, which I've really struggled to do, especially in this last year yeah. is to, um, try and carry on or try and start again um shooting my own little things and and practice lighting and and reading about it and and still getting the opportunity to operate and to to focus pull and to you know do things so that you know i'm, I'm still i guess that's the tough sight. Element, isn't it it's like if you're actually doing this thing full time mm. it's hard work you know there's a lot going yeah. on lot of hours go into it when do you get the yeah. time to do your own thing I yeah guess, yeah it's an interesting thing from my perspective generally because mm-hmm. obviously we look at these traditional routes and you know the one thing that I've gained a tremendous amount of respect for I'm sure this will resonate with you is just how much time really goes into becoming really an expert in any aspect of that role you know any aspect of the camera mm-hmm. department requires a tremendous amount of training to get really good at it's one thing being yeah. you know doing it but actually being an expert level and someone that can actually, mm. you know, yeah. go to level you, level. yeah. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, you know what I'm saying though. That's the thing. Like, yeah. it's the one thing I've, I mean, you know, I found really incredible is just how much effort goes into these different roles, how much time it takes to become an expert. But ultimately, um, you know, 
when it comes down to being a DOP, what, you know, to be a director of photography, what have you done to get there? What has, you know, yeah, I said, you know, the tremendous amount of respect that goes into that role now. It's like, that is mm. not something that you just take. You're like, oh, I'll just be a director of photography. No, like, no. You've got to yeah, earn that. You know? yeah. And there's so many things that go into it. And I mean, have you got a rough idea of just how much time that would take for you now? Well, I think, like you say, you know, just from from the little experience I've had this year is is watching watching these kind of these big jobs and watching these DP work, DPs work and, and, you know, communicating with them when, when it's appropriate and when there's time to, um, is, is really that they have worked so hard to get to where they are and, um, you know, work their way up the ladder in the same way, in the same way everyone has again that I've worked with. And, um, but it's taken, taken them, taken them quite a while really. Um, So uh, yeah, there's no. I don't think that I don't think there's a fast track, and I, I don't think I wouldn't want to take a fast track if you know what I mean. Because I think you gain such a lot of respect, or you know, I see the respect that people have for these DPs that have been incredible operators for ten, fifteen years, um, that have been incredible focus pullers for fifteen, twenty years before they get to where they are, and they they do they have this respect, and everyone knows what they want, but they also have the respect for their team and their crew. Yeah, yeah. because they you know they know how hard it is to focus pull they know how hard it is to operate and and it, that's when you get this connection and it's like a little family really and i'm so glad you mentioned it an, un- like, an understanding yeah that's it you know we work in a visual medium and like mm. you know in order to get the best results we need more than one person and when you've mm. got that department working around you suddenly you're working sim- you know just like you're communicating telepathically at that point in time yeah like, yeah, exactly. To get that yeah. thing. And if you don't build yeah. those relationships with people, then how on earth are you supposed to do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what it does, isn't it? You know, it promotes yeah. that communication and that collaboration. That's the whole thing, isn't it? There's a reason why mm. there's 100 credits at the end of a movie. It's because it doesn't yeah. take one or two people to make these things. No. You know? Power no. to the people that do. I myself have been a part of, you know, that was my route up. You know, I had to learn everything the hard way. And certainly from my perspective, mm. it was very much like, right, cool. I want to learn about photography. Right, let's go and do it. Let's pick it up. Mm. Utilize on re- online resources. Communicate with different people. My whole life changed when I actually started meeting people within the industry that knew what they were doing, because it was like, mm. oh, I, I was, I was doing that wrong, <laughs> <laughs> or you know, you just pick up different pockets of information that yeah. maybe things like differently. You know, I remember seeing yeah. something lit the first time properly, and I was like, wow, <laughs> like I said, <laughs> it's, it's such an eye opener, but completely. Mm. Yeah, that's why I wanted to highlight this element of it. It's one thing, you know, being tenacious and putting your own efforts into, you know, carving your own path. But the other side of it is mm. like, right, actually, there are opportunities within this industry to be a trainee and work your way up as an apprentice and take mm. on all the skill sets that are required to get to expert mm. level when you actually are, you know, qualified to do those roles. It's just mm. really interesting. I mean, did, from university, did you know about any other opportunities? Because Obviously, Mark Molson Foundation is an incredible organization, and mm. what they've managed to do for you so far is also, you know, what a wonderful thing. But yeah, you know, there's a couple yeah. Of, you know, the Guild of Camera British Camera Technicians. They yeah, work, yeah, all right, and of course yeah. they've got training programs. Um, yeah, and there's you know other organizations, the Association of Camera Operators, Beck to mm-hmm. these other kind of organizations that have these opportunities. It's stuff yeah. that I have no idea about, if I'm honest growing yeah. up in this industry but were you aware of these other kind of opportunities that might exist for you 
Um, not not really. Like when, like I say, when I was when I was in third year, it was it was the one thing that kind of you know went in my um, line of vision, and I was like, you know, that that's pretty incredible, and also that such a um, selfless kind of organisation is set up on something so tragic. I think was you know the the amazing thing that that triggered for me really um but in terms of my plan before before getting the foundation because I, I honestly did not expect I would even though even when my you know lecturers put me forward for it I was like you know we're going into a big a big bubble of of people in the UK yeah you're um, up against yeah yeah uh, oh sorry do you say how many yeah yeah yeah, I, I, I'm not. I might be. I might be incorrect, but I think around 22 or, or something like that. Um, from That's all the enough, film select enough, schools. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all the film select schools, and then and then the interview process was down to uh, ten, I think, mm. ten or eight, something like that. Um, yeah, so the backup no, plan, and then and then like yeah, one boy and one girl from from the interview process were selected, which was great as well because I think having a boy and a girl means that you know there's there's no particular favoritism in terms of in terms of if a woman got it, it just on merit yeah you guys are yeah yeah it's it you know and there's a equalization there that that i think is a really really great great idea um <laughs> sorry but uh i've gone a bit off point with where was, what was it what that's was all right it? we're talking about the backup plan so you know oh yeah yeah and stuff yeah so my so my my plan really was when I was doing the uh micro budget feature I was emailing um kit rental houses um so Ari and uh Panavision Movie Tech Take 2 um all the all these kind of yeah you know organizations that I'd heard of all these kit rental places um and the ambition with that, that was was to it's that's a, that's the the original route really that I'd heard of to becoming a trainee is to okay. get hands on with Kit um, and quite a few of the graduates that I'd worked on their films that were the year above me um, were at Take Two at that point right. um, working working on the camera floor and and it basically was giving them the opportunity to be hands-on with kit still um and they were meeting crews they were making meeting DPs, of course loaders yeah so they were they were making those contacts so that was that was my aim really was to it was to go in at, at that kind of at that point and to build up more of a technical knowledge um because the course was fantastic but obviously it can't teach you absolutely everything in the space yeah, of, yeah, yeah. in the space of basically the year that i decided i wanted to go into camera yeah. Um so so yeah, uh that was that was the original route and um, how far did you get with those guys? <laughs> so I, I was really lucky actually and managed to I, I was about to do some work experience with Ari. Um no I think they'd 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 managed to get me in in a week section that like overrun with obviously people wanting to do work experience. Um but they, I got an email from them and I <laughs> had to turn them down and it was awful. It was it was a horrible feeling. Well, we got to <laughs> say thank you to Ari for that opportunity though. Do you remember who oh, it was God, yeah. helped you out? I oh god. Um I don't I don't actually I I could double check my email but it was um, uh, I think it did actually go through a few different people that. I think. <laughs> was it Ari Rental that you caught you communicating? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In uh, in Uxbridge, yeah. So, um, 
<clears throat> so yeah, that was that was a weird one saying I'm really, really, really sorry, but I'm 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 working on I'm working on uh, Tom and Jerry. Or I've been offered trainee job on Tom and Jerry. Um, but what I've noticed from working with people that went in the kit rental way, um, loaders that on on the job that I was on before um, before lockdown that I'm hopefully hopefully going to go back to. Um, she Chloe Harwood had done. Um, quite a, a couple of years I think at Ari in Cat Rental yeah. and um, on the camera floor and she is so so knowledgeable on all the kit she's just so incredible and I like you know my my dream is to learn as much as I can from her within these next kind of uh, five six months really because um, it is very it's really obvious that she's had that hands-on kit experience experience and knows exactly interesting um, yeah what it, obviously she's doing we, in that regard brings this conversation into sort of into the forefront which is you know technical versus creative side of things and it mm. becomes interesting <laughs> because obviously yeah no doubt about it when you're on a film set and you're working with these different departments and they need whatever it is you know whether it be mm. you know whatever <laughs> you know the you know wireless file focus unit or something it is and it's good to know which bits of that thing make up the unit but at the same time exactly yeah it's like it just yeah it's, it just becomes interesting when it's like right we're talking about a creative mindset but it still has so many mm. technical aspects to it and I feel like exactly. if you're learning all the time about technical like what I certainly feel from my perspective I I needed the technical mindset because it's something that my mind craves you know I like mm. to know what's going on with the cameras especially with digital mm. cinematography with technology and how it moves forward I like to know what my sensor's doing I like to know what my mm. lens is doing in front of sensors and and how we get the different looks that obviously we achieve overall but I feel like there's a still disparity between like how much attention I should pay to that and how much I should just kind of get on with it but I, you mm. know there's a conflict in my roles because I'm more director writer than I am you know, I hasten to say director of photography because I don't, I haven't earned that title as far as I'm concerned. I'm like, right, I've kind of done that on a few things. I've got some, you know, done that on some fairly large scale stuff, but, you know, but at the same time, I feel like completely underqualified to call myself mm. that. I'm like, nope, that's not my role. Whenever someone's <laughs> like, oh yeah, we want to hire you as a director of photography. I'm like, nope, I, that's not what it is. I've just got a camera and some lights. That's all it is. Yeah. That's all it is, but it kind of does bring into you know the forefront this conversation between technical and creative, and it's interesting to see mm. that that was like not only it was a viable path for you, but something that you were mm. like, right, that's actually the way in if I don't mm. get on this foundation. Like I'll go to kit rental, yeah. learn mm. the ropes through that, and begin making connections to those sorts of things. Yeah, that that really was was kind of the the original route. But yeah, like I say, there's I don't think there's any right or wrong way to to start in any job really but you know from from what people have said in this industry so many people start different ways you know you could yeah. meet a folks puller at a bar and um and you know end up starting with them that way it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so kind of it's just it's a fluke and I wouldn't say it's luck I'd say it's hard work and determination really more than anything but I think there's an element of luck in there sometimes yeah yeah I know that about <laughs> it but I mean the thing that I'm getting from this conversation is that not only have you put yourself out there but you're actually working hard on sets you know you're actually listening paying attention you're being someone that people want around you know and you're I'm trying trying <laughs> I love that I'm trying to be I'm it, trying. It, it makes sense to me you know mm. I say no from a set perspective that people that have the right attitude that are there mm. and they're there for the right <laughs> reasons do it makes you know 
it just makes life easier for everybody when someone's got the positivity to be like, right, cool, how can I progress myself? And what do I need to do to get there? Obviously, it helps being in an environment like a studio because it's then obvious. That's the person mm. I'm working for. Then mm. the person next to them is the person they're working for and working with, I should say, you know. Yeah. And then ultimately, then there's the very specific path of like, that's my next job. Then yeah. once I've done AC, I'm doing this and then I can be a camera operator. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, you can see that right in front of you. It's accessible in different mm. ways. You know, it's not like unheard of. It's not, like I said, with my perspective, I didn't know these roles existed. No exaggeration, you know. I watched movies growing up and I was like, right, I want to make that thing, you know, whether mm. it be Scorsese, whether it be like more recently Guy Ritchie stuff that I was a mm. big fan of going like, oh, like, I, I just want to do that. I want to make the film. I don't necessarily know yeah. what the roles look like within the departments. I'd say that would be the biggest thing that is, was, was missing from my education initially was mm-hmm. not knowing that there was like a, a natural promotion path within it. So great yeah. that we can sort of highlight that and, you know, you know, goes without saying that within those things, it makes sense that that would be something that if it's in front of you and you can see it goes like, Oh, cool. It's, it's kind of easy to find the motivation to just work really hard and do mm. those things. Yeah. I mean, from your perspective, the other things that like you've been, have you had any feedback from any of the people you've worked with that have been like, right, this is why you're here. Have you had that direct feedback loop? Um, wouldn't I wouldn't quite I wouldn't quite you know there's not been like a, a kind of formal or, so or informal quite, kind of d- description <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um but I you know just kind of knowing that I'm on on the right path with with what I'm doing and like I say you know I still make mistakes and if the 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 people that have spotted the mistake and that have, have told me how to improve it or you know or to, to avoid doing it again they've been so kind of you know understanding the way they've approached it and I've been lucky with that because I think I could have had a pretty harsh you know response from had it be another another crew or another person that had, had noticed that mistake so it, it's been it's been the teaching that I've um I've experienced from all these people and all of all of their experience, you know, whilst they've been in the industry, that have kind of highlighted it all, really. But no, not not specifically like you know we love the way you do this or anything. Not really. No. <laughs> I'd, I'd say I'd say I do actually get told off a little bit, um, especially on going on to cash trucks. It, like so, you said it was the um, same crew as Tom and Jerry, and um, so it was like kind of going back to a really lovely little family crew, and um, they were all like right Daisy at the beginning of the job they were like we put on a lot of weight on the last one and you need to stop bringing us chocolate and snacks and and, um okay I'm starting to see how you're making friends on set now yeah yeah um I start I was making a lot of banana bread for them as well and I think that um that that caused yeah they they loved it but I think it's nutritious mm, yeah so I think I, I was then called the feeder with my, uh, and then and then I actually, I kind of like the rest of the departments noticed I was a feeder and like the grips would be like. Where's that banana bread? Oh, really? That banana bread? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I kind of was catering to the whole crew really. It was like a. <laughs> I mean, if that's not a lesson, I don't know what is. <laughs> oh, it was, it was funny. It was funny. <laughs> that's amazing. I, I happen to know on good authority that you, 
may have been promoted and got more than you bargained for on a specific set. I won't mention which because I'm also under the impression that the director doesn't know that you may have had a go <laughs> at a bit of camera operating on one of the sets you're involved with. I don't actually. I, we, we weren't. I don't think we were rolling, but the uh, yeah, the B camera operator was really lovely and um, and was like, oh Daisy, you know, have a have a you know have a go on the wheels. So I've not I've not like hadn't used the wheels at our point. And um, that's the training. Was, that's yeah, a learning. Have a go, and and so yeah, and it was very very subtle and stuff, and and but it was great. And then Chris Plevin, who um, is oh, now you're dropping a minute. I was going to save you. <laughs> oh no 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 no. He no no. He was um he was the incredible a operator, and he like you know when we had a bit of downtime, he'd let me operate the wheels. He'd let me you know kind of would be teaching and showing me things. Um, so yeah, there's 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 been a lot of kind of you know like nurturing really, and then um, yeah. <laughs> but nothing specific <laughs> no, that's yeah. cool that's good it's good to know those like I said it's good to know that you're getting the opportunity on set and that that you know again it's just to highlight the environment that these sets are doing you know, it's not closed mm. shop it's not something that's like military in terms of it's like how the how the things are working on set it's very much a pleasant environment that nurtures creativity and the training within it you know mm. Definitely. Which is why it's such an important part to, you know, to remind people about organisations like the Mark Melson Foundation. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. no, before we get on to much else, that's a really important part, actually. Is this something that's ongoing, you know, from the foundation's perspective? Is it something like, how, is it something that's only open to university students? It'd just be good to know how it actually works from that side of things. Yeah, so from what, what I'm aware of in terms of my application last year, it was... Um, it was purely for graduates so you know because really that's that's the step that that I've noticed as well other people and friends that have graduated from university um you know separate from film industry but you know that step is hard you know getting that first job from um from graduation it is really hard so I think the importance of the way they've set it up you know it's that's the reason really I think I'd be so gutted obviously if I had missed out and was the year before um but you know it's just it's fantastic that it's going now and um they got another program as well right they've got a mentorship program do you know much about that because obviously you're on the foot in the door program they've got the mentorship program as well like takes on one Yes, yeah, sorry, that's the, yeah, that's the GBCT mentorship programme. So I think that runs for two years, whereas the foot in the door is one year. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I've, um, I've met the, the guy that got selected for the GBCT one. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's run alongside the GBCT. I'm not quite like, I, you know, I don't really know as much about that one. Um, but that, yeah, that again, that, like you say, is another opportunity. And I'm not sure whether that's straight out of university or not, or whether you can, you can go into that a different way. But definitely, we um, should be pointing people towards that, right? Definitely, go, look check at out the it, yeah. go and check out the Guild of British <clears throat> Technicians. Is it GBCT? Yes. yes. <laughs> I want to make yes. sure I go that's right. The one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go and check out these organisations because that's the thing. These these people and these organisations exist. They're trying to promote training within the industry. They're taking it seriously, and these opportunities are out there. You know, I said it's such an important point from my perspective to highlight these things because i just wasn't aware of them personally you know that might be complete ignorance but i'm sure there's a lot of people that look upon the film industry and go like oh i'd love to do something within that but they literally don't Mm. even know where to start let alone yeah Yeah, exactly so it's just really cool that we can you know 
you know, spread some you know information about these sorts of things and have a conversation mm. about them as well what's yeah. next for you then so where where were you hoping to go back to when all this is said and done um so yeah before before lockdown i um was on fantastic beasts three um and i can't believe yeah. the repertoire of credits we've got already this is amazing <laughs> Oh god, <laughs> my boyfriend gets so sick of me like name dropping. He's just don't miss you, look. Don't be embarrassed about it. Oh. At the end of the day, it's a wonderful thing, and it's really amazing that again, it's a testament to the foundation. They have mm, got 100%. You know, they've really taken this seriously, and they've made sure that they've you know bringing in the right people to make sure you're making the right contacts, and ultimately, then you're going to be the alumni of this situation, mm. and there's you know they're able to create more opportunities as a result of this one. So you know, yes, yeah. I hate to I yeah. keep, you know, poking fun at it, be like, you know, look at what you've done, but be proud of it. You know, it's it's a big deal yeah. and it's really cool. <laughs> and to realise, like, to be able to be in those opportunities, mm. you know, it's yeah, but it's it's really, you know, it's the people people that I've met that have, you know, given given me those opportunities, and and it, it just just been so lucky to to work with them all, really. Um, but yeah, hope hopefully we'll we'll be going going back soon soon as possible. Is a DP on that? <laughs> Um, that's George George Richmond, Brilliant. who who did Rocket Man, yeah, ah, amazing. Yeah, he's 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 been fantastic, and and funnily enough, actually, he he worked with Mark Milsom on Quantum of Solace. They operated together, oh, right. and um, nice he specifically he specifically actually wanted a Mark Milsom trainee for the job. So oh, it's um, you know that's really lovely that he's wanting to support that and I hope I hope that continues with the the following years really yeah yeah what's your role in that oh, so I'm the I'm the trainee trainee for that one so what sort of things again would you just be like working your way up and helping the loaders in that regard or yeah yeah so so I'll be yeah no so um obviously I, I don't quite know how how the job's specifically going to change in terms of like my role and and um, where I'll be allowed to go what I'll be able, you know allowed to do it's a new um, crew for you, right? So you're not sure. You haven't made those well, no, no, I, I, we did. We were just about to start shooting. I'd done quite a couple of weeks of prep with them before, okay, cool. before lockdown. But um, in terms of, sorry, in terms of COVID and the restrictions and the changes that are going to happen. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, temporary or as, as temporary as possible. But uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure how, how different my job's going to be for a while. Um, yeah, you know how much how much I'm going to be on set and how much I'm going to be able to um, interact to watch and learn in the same way I have been doing. So I think it's my, my job will um, be very relevant to hygiene and, and cleaning and, and disinfecting for quite a while. Yeah. Um, You're going to find you know, health I'm, and safety front and centre instead of feeding people quite as much. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but then obviously, you know, it's going to be even trickier for the focus brother and the loader to manoeuvre and to go places. Interact. So I'm there to make sure that's that's easier for them, um, really. So yeah, that's kind of what I'm what I'm uh, going towards. Yeah. <laughs> well, honestly, thank you so much, Daisy, for sharing yeah, thank this, you. this opportunity with us and to have a conversation about these different things that you've been involved with. Because at the very least it shows people that this stuff is accessible if they find themselves in the routes that you've gone through. And obviously mm. an, a major part of that is simply attitude, you know, simply committing and dedicating yourself to the education pathway that's going to get you to the next phase. Mm. You know, of yeah. course, you know, you had to go through the situation where there was still 20 plus people then then whittled down. 
but a testament to your work ethic to get you to this far. And then if you do put that work <laughs> in, what you can, you know, what you can glean from it. So yeah, great absolutely. to know that these opportunities exist if you're willing to put the effort in mm, and go out yeah. and find them. And hopefully, you know, this is just part of that process where we can help highlight the different things that are out there that people can get involved with if they want yeah. to work in these departments. Yeah, so, and, ob- and obviously, obviously, you know, university isn't the right route for everyone and, and really the only way that so the only reason I wanted to, to go was like I said to just experiment with different departments and actually find what I enjoyed the most and what I was you know potentially quite good at um, yeah. and and that that was perfect for me but I know a lot of people you know wouldn't want to go to university um, so you know there's a lot of other options in terms of of you know helping out on on short films um and learning from people that that are you know quite quite high up in the hierarchy and, and watching focus pullers work and i yeah. think the nfts is fantastic at um getting people into trainee and load and focus pull on the graduate films um yeah the national film and television school so that you know there's so there's so many routes and and then kit rental as well but university was just, was, was perfect for me, really. Yeah. Well, I'll do my best mm-hmm. to find out some more about these other organisations. National Film and Television School, I had heard of. I was aware yeah. they did a few sort of courses and things. And that's the thing, the other yeah. side of it is paid resources. Like, obviously, going to university is going to cost you a certain amount of money, but there are other resources that you can commit to personally if you're going to commit yeah. money to something. You know, you may as well Definitely. commit it to other resources that are different training aspects. And, you know, a big mm. part of what I'm trying to do here is potentially look at situations where I can incorporate... Um, some opportunity within the sets that I'm involved with, the things that I do mm-hmm. in a slightly different way that allows people to get a bit more hands-on, like you said, to find out what they want to do at an earlier stage so they can commit to that path earlier. Because like the yeah. difference in... Yeah, start like, earlier. Exactly, exactly. You know, mm. it took me a long time to figure out, I'm not even kidding, when I, when I first started out, I really just wanted to write a director pathway. I didn't really know much mm. about camera. It was only really when I started, the digital cameras started... Uh, getting larger sensors, I started seeing that we could actually have depth of field in them. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, hold on a minute. <laughs> this looks amazing. I now, I'm like, I'm suddenly really focused on what my shot is going to look like and how I'm going to develop the look of my film. And that's mm-hmm. what promoted my education in that department. But without that, I would have definitely just focused on the director writing department and missed out on the camera side, which I love now. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. As much a part of my job as a director writer part of my job is, you know? Yeah. And yeah. be able to potentially give people opportunities to sort of go, right, actually, I'm going to get hands on the camera. And like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, look, if you manipulate light in a certain way, you can develop a certain mm-hmm. look. And, you know, whatever type of lens you're using or whatever type of camera you're using can manipulate these things. It doesn't have to be on a grandiose scale either, you know. It can yeah. be quite small scale. And it's, quite, it's more accessible now than it ever has been before in terms of the kit side of things. So yeah. hopefully I can sort of develop some opportunity when enables people to get a bit earlier involved in that. I haven't quite figured it out. Mm. Yet, <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's, it's a case of, you know, the opportunities that, that all these incredible people have given me. I, I, I'd love to one day be able to do the same for, for people that were once like me. That's, that's really, I think the foundation is, is hopefully going to be such a big network of people that are giving opportunities to people that might have struggled to, you know, to start out or to, or exactly where, you know, just try and experiment with, with an area that they, they really do want to work in. So, yeah. Well, we'll definitely be, you know, keeping up with the progress of the Mark Milson Foundation. Again, just to really <laughs> what we've been talking about this entire time. Um, yeah. 
we will have a DOP coming on really soon. I mean, it's quite funny actually, because not that I've been avoiding cinematography and the director of photography question within this podcast and show mm-hmm. is, um, but I definitely wanted to make sure that we had the right person that we could, you know, have mm-hmm. a proper conversation about this. Cause it's not just about the skill set and elaborating on those sorts of things, but I want to make sure the person I'm talking to is at a position in their career where they can talk about these things. I want to make, mm-hmm. you know, find out what route, they went through. So I want to get to know a DOP in that regard a bit more comprehensively before we have these kind of conversations. I don't, yeah. you know, I've got DOPs that I've worked with and I'd love to bring them on, but I feel like mm-hmm. it'd be too personal. <laughs> I know I love to yeah. talk yeah. you know, in a slightly different role that I'm a bit more, you know, a bit less aware of so we can get mm-hmm. into conversations a bit more. I might start hitting yeah. up DOPs you've worked with. <laughs> I know Alan Stewart's definitely one of these people that's on the, uh, on the hit list. <laughs> Alan Stewart is fantastic. Yeah, He's adorable. Yeah, but it'd be, great, it'd be interesting from his perspective how he feels about this this training pr- uh, program. Obviously, has as he's yeah. brought you onto a couple of sets now, whether he knew about it or not. But <laughs> no, yeah, no, he did. I think I think I could be wrong, but I think he d- he might have worked with Mark on on the odd job as well. So that's what's lovely, really, about the generation of DPs that are that are working now. That they they potentially operated with Mark or or he was their folks puller or you know so it's it you know it's a real sense of kind of um connections and 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 family there well, i'll give his agent and i'll see if we can get him on it would love to get him on. we've got some <laughs> cool stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks as well um as i mentioned briefly we've got roger horrocks um mm. who's one of the underwater cinematographers from yeah. blue who's yeah second BAFTA so he's coming up in a couple of weeks and we've got a gentleman named Tyler Roth who's a colorist and it's interesting oh, okay. like, uh, he works at a company called Company 3 and they've done he's just recently done Marvel's Black Widow um, but he's oh, done yeah. incredible yeah. stuff as well so obviously at that that top level in terms of the industry mm. really great to hear a uh, contrasting perspective to a previous colorist we'd have on which was Jack Tarney just mm-hmm. at different levels of the industry to sort of see how the yeah. those work and, yeah. and how they work with different departments because obviously colour is such a hugely important part of yeah. the workflow that a lot of people kind of don't neglect necessarily but it's not necessarily mm. the first thing they think of so it's really cool that we can sort of highlight these different things yeah so, uh, and, and obviously and it, the other thing that I've not actually spoken about once which I feel bad about is um, with it, now's your time <laughs> is a documentary like that you like you know when when I was looking at kit rental and things like that you know okay. there's there's so many top dps like roger deakins for example who started out in documentary mm. um documentary operating and um i i loved i did like quite a few modules at university and and i'm not you know although i absolutely adore what i'm doing now you know i like if if i was given the opportunity to slightly work you know on a documentary when i've got a bit of a break between a job that'd be lovely because i really really love the kind of the um naturalistic element of documentary and the um, it's a very different instinct. workflow and different skill set entirely yeah. isn't it you know, yeah, it's, from it's, my perspective having worked a on a couple of documentary projects worked on a, fe- a feature documentary about custom motorcycles and um mm. a very different kind of environment a different kind of workflow obviously incredibly uh you know high pressure in terms of like right this Time. is the, <laughs> this is the set go yes. <laughs> I was like ah, running yeah. around uh, I was lucky enough to be the director of photography on that and it was like uh, yeah. on earth like cool you've got five minutes you've got a minimum crew you've got all your kit with you go and set up and like kind of do your best with the time you have without yeah. interfering without 
you know, being too distracting, um, you know, mm. as, as natural as possible. Yeah, you've got to try and achieve a high production value, or at least I, you know, mm. was trying to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it is very interesting to see the different skill sets. But great to know from your yeah. perspective, the ambition. Is yeah, I think it's a very, it's very important. Like, and a lot of, again, a lot of, a few of the operators that you know that I've worked with, they they all started out in documentary, and I think it teaches you that skill of instinct from what I've noticed the way they work. You know, mm. um, obviously it's come with experience and knowledge and everything, but I do, I think, I think it's a very important area of yeah. um, filmmaking. Definitely, you gotta be reactive rather than prepared. Yeah. It's like do your best yeah. to be prepared. Yeah in the skill set and like right learn yeah. it yourself beforehand but then when it comes down to yeah. crunch time it's like right reactive instinctive get on with it kind of situation mm. that's interesting and, and a lot of the time you don't you know you don't get the opportunity to do a second take on something and and it doesn't happen to a live event yeah, yeah exactly oh we'll just yeah. roll again no uh, just yeah <laughs> that's not happening can we, can we do another one please <laughs> <laughs> i know you never know there might be people watching and listening that can go actually you know what Daisy, let's get her on a documentary. So you never know what. Oh happens. God! <laughs> Might get a few phone calls. But to be fair, you know, again, Mark Nelson <laughs> Foundation—they um, have the trainees' CVs on the website, so you can go and check out Daisy and the other trainees um, and see, you know, if there's situations and opportunities for these kind of people because that's another side to this i have no idea what we might be able to you know what might prevail from these kind of things but with the best will in the world hopefully someone <laughs> out there might be you know paying attention that goes actually you know what we want to pay attention to these kind of things let's support mm. this foundation from another aspect and mm. see if we can put you guys in some different positions so honestly yeah. fantastic for mm-hmm. but, you know, giving us your time today and, and you know, no, indulging the you. story so <laughs> but yeah also great you know, all the best with the future stuff. I hope that Thank obviously you. Fantastic Beasts works out well for you guys and, and everything works out smoothly and everyone finds their way back to work nice and smoothly as well because I know it's going to be tricky yeah, for the first so time. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. But no, it's it hopefully, well, hopefully coming back. Thanks. <laughs> That's all good. Thank you. Thank you very much again. <laughs> and thank everyone for tuning in and paying attention to us. We'll be back again next week. I'm not sure who we've got. It depends if we can get a cinematographer. But if not, we've got Tyler <laughs> Roth and Roger Horrocks coming up in a couple of weeks. And then beyond that, I think we're probably going to look at some actors. So we're probably going to look at the cast side of things as well. Look at people in front of the camera, not just behind the camera. But we'll continue to look at the different roles and different levels of things. So again, thanks very much for everyone tuning in and listening. Um, yeah, excellent. Thanks, guys. You can find Daisy and the other candidates from the scheme, David McDonald and uh, Tom Ellicott on the scholarship part of the Mark Wilson Foundation website. Their CVs are listed there, so if you have opportunities that can be of benefit, there's some contact information there. I really can't speak highly enough of the foundation from the experience I've had with them so far. For one, they've put us in touch with director of photography, Alan Stewart, who's worked directly with Daisy on set a few times now, so we can continue the conversation and gain valuable insight into not only his career, but how he feels about his opportunities and you know, that's such an important part from my own perspective is that I'm able to promote these opportunities but in a way that is respectful of the craft and that we're being diligent more than anything else. So they've been doing an incredible job. Uh, the Mark, Mark, Mark Milson Foundation are continually developing their opportunities and I have it on good authority that they're working on developing a trainee program that anyone can apply for. So no previous experience, no degrees. This is obviously music to my ears because that's how I started out. So I'll keep you lot updated on the progress of that. I'm going to be doing everything I can to support them, which might even mean putting on some free workshops for practical experiences myself. It's early days, but it's something I'd love to do. So once again, thank you for tuning in. Until next time, when I have Roger Horrocks, Blue Planet's underwater cinematographer on the show. 
To say I'm excited about that is an absolute understatement. So he's been responsible for some of the most impressive visuals ever to grace TV screens. He's a gentleman, and what he doesn't know about filming underwater isn't worth knowing. So stay tuned for that, and that's coming up next.